Well, good morning and good evening, EPL State of Mind listeners. I almost forgot what my intro was. It's been a week. It's been a long week. It's been like a week and a half, right, Kyle? Well, we are, we technically had our bonus on last. Was it really only last it was, Wednesday? It was Wednesday. So we're looking at like 10 days here. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't last weekend. You're right. It was a, it was a week before last Wednesday. We did our little live viewing of Man City versus Arsenal. I think we all knew how that one ended. I think we all kind of knew how that one was going to end, unfortunately. But it's good to be back on the mic with you. Unfortunately, you will you will notice that there is a lacking of a even more beautiful Irishman than you, Kyle, and that's Sean. Uh, I am has, not Irish, not even a little bit. Oh, you look like it. I know you're Italian, but like you're more Irish in my eyes than Sean is Irish. But no, I, Sean, I claim Sean to be Irish. It. I celebrate yeah. St. Patrick's Day. Well, I think we all love to celebrate that every once in a while, but. Sean is is unfortunately not with us, but I'm excited that we get our first solo podcast together. This has been, I have done one or two with Sean before while you were in Ireland. So you claim not to be Irish, but you were just there, but okay, we'll go there. I mean, I've been trying to avoid this at all costs, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) The truth comes out on episode 15 of your true heritage. But um, I'm I'm excited to do the do the podcast with you, and we have some exciting news again. Um, we're going to dive into a little bit of the roundup. We've had a lot of games over the past week and a half. We've had three games today, which were all outrageous, Oof. all of them. I obviously was not able to watch a single minute of any of them, but we do have highlights that we can dive into later. Um, and then just it was an onslaught of goals, so a lot of excitement happened today specifically. I watched the Arsenal game yesterday, which brought the weekend to a great wrap, and we got some good news to get into. So, Kyle, without further ado, let's get into the hot segments. So the first one, I know you're a big Sam fan, so why don't you take this one? The first news, we always have a little bit of coaching uh, prowess or coaching updates, and I think this one's a real real good one for you. So Sam, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I mean, I am a big Sam fan. How could you not be? This man wears his emotions on his sleeves. You'll never see a manager smile more, yell more, cry more, laugh more. This dude is just emotional. And that's what you look for. Um, I thought we thought Sean Dyche was going to be the big manager of the uh, you know relegation saving. But big no. Sam Alderice. Welcome so back, see. big Sam. And like James had told me earlier, this is his 14th team he's coached. That's yeah. insane. Um, as far as Premier League teams go, you'll notice Big Sam's name from West Brom, Bolton, Blackburn, Wolf, Rovers, Wanderers, whatever they want to be. But uh, yeah, he's been around the block before. He's very offensive-minded. He scores a lot of goals, but he lets up a lot of goals, which for me leads to a lot of fun games. Like, you just want to watch him play. You will not be disappointed with a 0-0 bullshit, pass back and forth, maintain the ball. It's not going to happen. Um, so he's at Leeds now. Should be fun. They need him. They have to get something going in these next couple games to stay in the Premier League. If not, you know, a manager change in week, what are we at, 33 now? That's 35. We just played 35. 35? Yeah, 35. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just never what you want to see as an organization because it means you've been failing in the second half of the season, which is not the time to fail. But you know what? You made the right move. You got Big Sam. So I'm very excited for this move. This this could be the, the moment that Leeds United changes. And comes back home. And with their last, I mean, I'm looking here, the last three matches they have are Newcastle at home, West Brom away, and Spurs at home. You got Newcastle coming off a loss. You got Spurs in, I think I'm putting it nicely when I say that they're in shambles. 
And then you have West Ham away. The West Ham is the only game I really, really think they're struggling with if things continue the way they're going. I think they can draw Newcastle and beat Spurs at home. But we'll see. Drawing Newcastle, man, that's a tall, tall order. I know you guys were hoping for, or Leeds was hoping for, a new manager bounce against you guys. Because I do know that you guys gave Man City a bit of a difficulty in the first half of the season. So that would have been exciting for everybody, I think. But I don't know if Big Sam has it. And I think this is a scenario of a little bit little bit too late. A little, little too late. So I think you lo- Leeds are going to lose against Newcastle. They are going to lose against West Ham. And they will lose against Spurs. And I think they get relegated. I, I think uh, you are you- predicting a Spurs victory. That is bold. Yeah, you know, they typically end on a high note, so it's kind of uncharacteristic of them to be doing this poorly towards the end of the season. So I I don't think you can sleep on Spurs yet. Um, I do think that it's outrageous that Harry Kane came out with a quote the other day, said, you know, if we get into the European Conference League, what's the big deal with that? It could end our trophy drought. I'll tell you what the big deal of that is. You're saying that you want to end your trophy drought with a European Conference League trophy. Try any domestic trophy. That would be better. I think so. Maybe, maybe. Just yeah, I agree with you. Domestically, instead of settling for you know an excuse to play in the Conference League, you know, of course, we didn't play European soccer two seasons ago, so I I can understand just wanting to be anywhere. But we digress from Big Sam. I think it's a great addition. I think it's a little bit too late for Leeds. Um, I think they have a lot of makeup to do in the. Championship I mean, they're season. they're two points out of safety you know they have 30 points and then everton's at 32 and nottingham's at 33 and both those teams are safe so we are looking at a very tight end of the season race to stay in the premier league yeah but absolutely the other thing i'm seeing here unfortunately for leeds is they just you know hired big sam an offensive minded coach leeds has let up more goals than any team in the premier league this year at 69 goals allowed through 35 games yep that, they don't have the worst yeah. goal differential unfortunate for them now I believe is owned by Southampton at yeah, that minus is. 33, but it's definitely not a good look. And I'm just looking at, cause they have two, they have two home games left, right? So their home form, they've let 31 up minus eight, not terrible. They're 17th place and home form. And you're playing against two big names, Newcastle and Spurs who are on the top half or the top quarter of the league on that. So I, I just don't, I don't yeah. know about that. No, it should be fun. It should be a fun time in Leeds. Well, one thing uh, that is definitely fun is the trade-off that we might see here. Leeds goes down, but Sheffield United has achieved automatic promotion to the Premier League. Welcome back, Sheffield. The Blades won 4-1 over Preston North End and secured their return alongside Burnley, who we have known a few weeks ago came up with Vincent Company as leading the helm there, who also, another coach update, has just extended his contract with Burnley. But he will be seeing Sheffield United again in the Premier League. The Blades had a two-year stint for about 2019 to 2021 season. They finished ninth in their first year in the Prem, but finished dead last the following season, and they've been out since then. So it's nice to see them making the return. The final promotion spot for the Premier League, however, will be decided on May 27th, which is a massive Saturday. If you guys didn't know already, it's a Saturday where we have both of our championship playoff games being played. Um, and we have Luttontown, Millsboro, Coventry, and Sunderland. So the playoff semifinal matches up are Luttontown versus Sunderland and Millsboro versus Coventry. 
So we will see who gets into the final for Saturday, and it will be an exciting Saturday nonetheless. This is, like we were talking about before, just as exciting as who wins the league. It is almost as exciting to figure out who gets to survive and does not face relegation. So definitely going to keep you guys updated on the progress of that, the semifinal, and we'll get you more updates as we get close to the 29th. Moving things out of the English Premier League and the championship, fun fact for everyone here is a the oh, I'm going to butcher his first name here, right? It's it's I believe it's oh, no. Lamine, Lamine Yamal, and he is a 15 year, nine months and 16 day old Barcelona La Masia Youth Academy graduate who has made his debut and became the fifth youngest player in La Liga history and the youngest player in Barcelona history, even edging out Leo Messi to get his debut against Real Betis, Bates rather. So he came in, I think, on the 84th minute when the game was pretty much secured with a 4-0 victory, but it's still really impressive history made right there to, to come into La Liga as the fifth youngest player and come to Barcelona, who have been coming out and saying that he's sticking around. I know a lot of people have tried to poach him. Uh, to get him to sign a new contract at a different academy while we wait for his professional contract to be decided in a couple of years. But he is definitely a star to keep your eye on. Even if you just look at his YouTube videos, it's it's a, he's very impressive. I mean, he's 15 months, six, I'm sorry, he's 15 years old, nine months and 16 days. It's, I mean, what were you doing when you were 15 years old? I was playing soccer for my high school at that point. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, not well, may I add, for either yeah. of this standards, but it, it's impressive. I was working at a movie theater, and I ate more popcorn, I think, than that, like, fruit at the time. So this kid is <laughs> living life to his absolute fullest. Yeah, in that Barcelona, is crazy at 15. You know, and uh, one other thing I'd like to touch on in other nudes out of the EPL. Shout out to James's boy over here, Alexandra Lacazette. Oh, the yeah. I'm sure no one saw it, but the Lyon versus Montpellier game, which was yesterday, might have been the best football game you will watch all year long. It finished five to four in Lyon's favor. Yep. But you had Elie Wahi on Montpellier score four goals in 15 minutes in between minutes. All four minutes of his 40, team's goals. Yeah, yep. all of them between minutes 40 and 55. And then you have Lacazette also scoring four goals for Lyon, including a goal in the 99th minute. Yeah, that is, I mean, my goodness, that was just a two man battle, which Lyon came out on top. But Lacazette, kudos to him. That was class. Those highlights are insane. If you guys haven't checked them out, it's worth the watch. It is wicked fun. He currently, uh, and as an ex-gunner just of last year, unfortunately, he left on free, but we kind of saw the writing on the walls that he was ready to transfer out or transition out to a new new history. He always wanted to kind of go back. I think France, he is French. Um, and he's currently the top. He's tied with Kylian Mbappe for the league's La Liga, or I'm sorry, League One Uber Eats leading goal scorer at 24, both of him and Kylian Mbappe. So he has had quite the resurgence. It seems to have a, a, a trend that forwards leaving Arsenal seem to have a, a spike immediately. I mean, you look at Olivia Giroud, he had one. You even look at um, Aubameyang, your boy for a little bit at Barcelona, looked like he was on the up. And then he got Lacazette. I've always been a Lacazette fan, so that's a great little uh, tidbit of history for you there, Kyle. So I appreciate that hot news. Take. Always, 
Always. And, and uh, shout out to Uber Eats, you know, here at uh, EPL. <laughs> we are always looking for some sponsors. So, you know, give League us free shit. Uber Eats. We'll take great. it. Yeah, yep. it's outrageous. Uh, but I think that's a that's a wrap on the hot news. We're going to pop into the to the roundup with a couple of exciting games. I think we're going to start off with more Arsenal news and then and go from there. We'll we'll get into a look ahead because we do have the return of the Champions League this year. I don't want to leave too much because I know that you and Sean are most likely going to have another second version of this uh, of this while I'm away. So why don't we go ahead and we'll hit the music and come back. For oh, our, let's get the music roundup. going. Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, we were on the Bad News Bear last week or our last podcast when we were together and it was Arsenal's loss against Man City that had me kind of depressed for about a week and a half, which is honestly probably why we didn't do another podcast because I just couldn't stomach it. You know, I was still recovering from what apparently is the the loss of the league title for the Gunners. But you know what I actually realized the other day when we were watching Chelsea gets get slapped by the Gunners I just enjoy watching them play and this year has brought me more joy than any and this game this past weekend yesterday rather Sunday brought me so much joy because it it's a it was a red game for us uh, against the Magpies so for those who didn't know Arsenal beat Newcastle 2-0 away at St. James Park which is not an easy feat to do either Last year, when we were away to them, we lost 2 nothing, and ultimately that kept us out of the top four. So this was huge to come back into their home and win 2 nothing. the same scoreline essentially last year's game was at their, at their home fixture. So this was a great game. Um, I watched it to its entirety. The first 15 minutes, 10 minutes of the game, I was concerned. Newcastle came out extremely hot as they normally do. They've had their forwards firing on all cylinders. I will give Isaac Isaac a massive shout out. If you have not seen this guy play a game in its totality, he is something special. He's like six foot three. He's got the touch of like uh, Zinchenko. He is able to move around that pitch so quickly with the ball under his feet. And he just is so good in tight spaces for a six foot forward, six foot three forward. So really, really impressive all the way around. Something else that was was great during the game is me and one of my coworkers, Paul, I'll give him a shout out for this one. We love Martin Udegaard and we love the Gunners. And every time we play, we try to we try to dribble the ball into the back of the net. Last week, Udegaard had two goals from outside of the six, which was nice, right at the top of the key. This week, he continues the ball rolling, and he's got his third goal in two games, which is great, which is his 14th of the season, making him and Martinelli the only two players on our team to have 15-plus goals. And it's really impressive just to have that stat behind us as a, as a team that was struggling to even find the back of the net last year. So Udegaard pops one in from outside the box. This is what we've been saying for the past couple of weeks, take those outside of the box shots. You need to. He's got a left foot of a god, so I don't know why he's not able to do it. He's, he's, he's got both feet to work with. It's really impressive. I mean, it, it was a perfect sort of against the run goal that we needed to get the ball rolling into this game. As soon as we popped that ball in the back of the net, possession became more apparent in our favor. We were able to control the center of the pitch a little bit more with a very good change, in my opinion, of substituting Thomas Party out for 
world-class Jorginho. I know if Sean was world-class Jorginho, ladies and gentlemen, the assist world class, that assist pass was probably the best five yard pass level to himself, level to guard I've ever seen my entire life. And if you haven't seen it, I'm completely joking. It was not a world-class assist, but it was an assist. I love to bust (laughs) Sean's balls about it. And unfortunately, he's not here. I mean, it was a pretty perfect layoff. I will yeah, give I mean, you that. It was a great layoff. I think I think Udegaard had a touch on it beforehand too, so it wasn't even like he just put into his perfect stride or anything like that. But it was it was great. So he gets his 15th goal of the season, none of which have been uh, via penalties because Asaka is our penalty penalty kicker. So it's really really great to see that only Holland, Kane, and Salah have more non penalty goals than him, which is extremely impressive. I know you still have Kevin De Bruyne with a more goals and assist ratio or combined goals and assists, but Udegaard has really been really promising this year. He's still only 24 years old. He's our captain for a reason, and this is a really exciting center midfielder to watch. Uh, The rest of the game was very intense, extremely exciting. I mean, if I look at some of the match facts here, um, let's see, we have stats, right? So possession was pretty much right down the middle for the majority of it. Uh, Newcastle had 54% to Arsenal's 46. Expect the goals for Newcastle 1.32 to Arsenal 1.27. We were only two shots off from each other. Same amount of big chances, big chances missed, two and two. I mean, it was really an impressive game from both teams, and I was just happy to see Arsenal come away with it. I really think that Newcastle, if they capitalized on one goal within that first 10 minutes, they probably would have seen the collapse of Arsenal there. But we showed a lot of grit as we as we do in the past. And Martinelli, again, causing issues. He gets to start over Chassard this time. I think it was just because we needed to give Martinelli a break against Chelsea. And Chassard deserved to start. So I think the Chelsea game was a perfect opportunity to bring him in for Martinelli, rest him a little bit, and go from there. So Martinelli pops the ball into the into the box, pops off of Shear, and it's an own goal. Seals pretty much Newcastle's fate and gives Arsenal the three points. So we'll see if we can continue our good run of form this weekend on Sunday. And then continue, and maybe we can see, hopefully, Man City can drop a couple points against a team that just won for the first time with five goals in their name for the season against Everton over at Goodison Park. So I'm, I'm going to be a big Toffee fan this weekend. But overall, I think Arsenal is showing that they still have it. They still are number two. They guarantee, or they are guaranteed to finish second place right now. So pretty impressive. And I'm a, I'm a happy Arsenal fan. Could be happier, but it is what it is. As far as being a happy... North Londoner. There are more happy North Londoners in the form of Tottenham fans this uh, this Monday. So Kyle, I know you watch this game. I watch this game as well. I was watching it on my laptop. I was pretty hungover. And to be honest with you, if it was an exciting game, I feel like I would have felt a little better. But this game only amplified my hungoverness. No, unfortunately, on this? there was nothing exciting in that game. Um, you know, right before I get into it, I will give you some props. I did think Arsenal deserved to win against Newcastle. Um, I thought that was a pretty boring game. There was not many passes, not many fouls, not many shots. But I think maybe a one nothing score line. I don't think Newcastle deserved to score at all that game. But you know, Odegaard. I mean, they hit the post fantastic. twice. Yeah, no, I mean, they didn't play to it. But um, yeah, going into Spurs, Harry Kane, ladies and gentlemen, set in history. Back, I feel like every couple of weeks we're just talking about Harry everything. Kane. Like he's at yeah. that point in his career where everything he does is just awesome. So. You know, Spurs win one nothing over Crystal Palace. They deserved it. They didn't deserve it. Either team could have won. Talk about a shitty game. We yeah. had a combined under 900 passes in the entire game between both teams. 
to put that in perspective, there are games where Man City, Arsenal, some of the big dogs pass it over 700 times by themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, under 900 passes, under, I mean, 15 shots combined in the game. Mm-hmm. Just, just brutal. Um, so we're not even going to talk about the game. You know what? Congratulations, Spurs fans. But we're going to talk about Harry Kane. He is the first Premier League player in history to score 100 away goals and 100 home goals. Shout out to that. Good for him. Yep. Uh, he passed Wayne Rooney that game. He is now the second highest Premier League scorer of all time. Shout out to him again. Huge. Um, Richarlson didn't score. Shout out to Spurs. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you that every time I watch them play, whenever he gets the ball, I don't know if I root for like something good to happen because I feel like Spurs deserve it or I just want him to f- fuck up so hard. Yeah. Every time. About Richie. Yeah. Every yeah. time, man. Like I want him to score, take his shirt off and then to get taken back. Over that over. that is that is the best that is the best. He, he, like you're saying with Harry Kane though, I mean he's second in the the highest. He's he's second in the Golden Boot right now, only to be best by the robot there that is Holland, and he would have gotten Kane that is would have gotten the the Golden Boot solo last year. Yeah, who who was tied with Son and Salah. He's at 26 right now. I mean this guy is incredible. I don't know what he's doing at Spurs still, but. I mean, he's having a great, 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 great year that is just being overshadowed by a, a subpar performance from the Spurs. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's tough going up against Holland and De Bruyne right now. It's, it's kind of unfair. I mean, I did see a post, I'll dog on them for a little, where it had Holland's goal tally for the year at, I think, 55, and then De Bruyne's assists at 25. And then they were comparing that to Lionel Messi in 2012 when he alone scored 73 goals and had 32 assists. And they're like, yeah, you can be good, but you'll never be Leo in his prime good. (laughs) You know, I read that and I sit there like, man, I thought, you know, they look as good as you can look in my eyes, but there's just no top. It's a tough one. It's a, no, it's a, it's, it's very hard to see anyone come to those numbers, but we are, we are sitting in the English Premier League, which I feel is the best league out there. Oh, for sure. Um, I think there's some arguments that the best team, might not be in the English Premier League, but I think at this year, at this stature, it is in Man City. Yeah, and, you know, you definitely have years of arguments where it's always consistently Real Madrid or Barcelona. Oh, dude, but, I could tell you who the next, who the top four teams in Spain are for the next five years. You yeah. know, like I mean, that's you what I cannot I'm do that in the Premier League, other than Man City and looks like Arsenal because they're you know the second youngest team in the Premier League, ladies and gentlemen. So thank they, you, thank sh- you, thank you. they should be thriving. We have know. a great dynasty ahead of us. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Premier League, most unpredictable league, the toughest league, that's where it's at. So to have numbers like that, I mean, even Harry Kane's numbers in any league right now would be superfluous. So Yeah, absolutely. And you'd probably be – yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, if you put Harry Kane, we were talking about Alexander Lacazette, who's been having a phenomenal year with, with a, with a four-goal game just this weekend. But you, you put a Harry Kane up there and, and in League One, you know, you're oh, probably – he's flying. Yeah. I mean, it shows yeah. like Timo Werner. You know, players like that, they thrive in the other leagues. They come to the Premier they League. They come here. They embarrass the themselves, them. and they go home with their dick between their legs two years later. <laughs> you know, like, what are you going to do? But in the unpredictive, uh, the unpredictiveness of the English Premier League, we had another unpredicted win this weekend, and that was West Ham at home over Manchester United. I think this one was, I think, more of a toss-up between Tottenham and Crystal Palace, which which game was a little bit more boring? I think this one was a little <laughs> more exciting because because we saw DeGay have a, DeGay have a have a, a complete blunder. I know we were talking with Sean about it a couple of weeks ago of how 
they need to move on from this goalie. He he is not uh, progressive in the field of being able to play from the back. You have to, at this day and age, have a keeper that has distribution down pat. You have to feel confident with the ball at your foot. And unfortunately, he just doesn't have that aspect. Yeah, I can say he's a good shot blocker, but you can clearly see he's he's had his blunders. Like, he has his own highlight reel of fuck-ups. So if you're having your own <laughs> highlight reel of that, I think it's, you know, it's Never crazy. It's even sign. crazier to say that he's the, he's the highest-paid player at Manchester United. And he's, he's they're looking to extend his contract, to, to renegotiate a contract. So if that contract is now not cut in, completely and cut in half, and he's at the bottom tier of his salary cap, I think Man U is, is, is doing a bit of poor business here. But, you know, with that being said, Ben Rama, he had a long-range strike into the back of back of the net, which, you know, took a couple weird bounces there, hit it off the top of the palm at the Gaia, and ends up in the back of the net and being the only goal in the entire loss. So it, it, it's not great. It's not a good look for Manchester United. It, it seems to be maybe they're really coming, you know, the thread is coming a bit loose again without their central defender, their, their central defense in the back anymore with Martinez and Vron. So, so it looks like James has left us. His microphone seems to have cut out. So we'll just pick it right up. Apologies. I think I had a little technical difficulties there. I think my Verizon wireless coverage inside of my apartment dropped. I was in the middle of saying, I believe I left off saying that Manchester United is coming a bit out of form and it might be because of their center backs being missing with Martinez and Veron. So that's kind of where my head's at right now. I don't want to say that the wheels might be falling off for, for the red devils, but they currently are sitting in fourth place, right? And they have four games left, and they're only one point above Liverpool, who have three games left. So it'll be a bit close here to see if they can hang on to that spot. I think Newcastle is in a bit of good form, even though they just came off of a loss. I don't see them dropping out top four. Man, you really has a race on their hands. And now that kind of goes, oh, you know, maybe you start thinking about, do you really care about the FA Cup? Or are you going for you're going for Champions League here and you're putting all your eggs in this basket. You already have the Carabao Cup. I know a lot of people would say Manchester United, if they finish, you know, fourth or fifth, but they have two cups, it's a better season than everyone besides Man City. My They're not opinion, winning the FA Cup. True. There's no I chance they win, the FA win Cup. that. And maybe, unfortunately, you don't want to see a shitty FA Cup, but if you're Manchester United, you don't want to risk the injuries. You're right at the cusp of fourth place. Like, dude, what do you do here? It's a tough decision. You got questions to ask, you know? Listen, City dropped six on them their first meeting when Manchester United underestimated them. If they don't come out with the best physical lineup in the FA Cup, it's going to get out of hand fast, in my opinion. Yeah. But okay. what do you think, James? If you had to pick who's going to make the Champions League, is it going to be Liverpool or Manchester United right now? I mean, that's tough. Man U has a game in hand, but I can see them essentially... I don't know. They could drop points against Chelsea if Chelsea get get their shit together. They could drop points against Fulham. That's a that's a revenge game for Fulham, right? So there's going to be some extra weight on that. And that's the last game of the season for them too. So out of the four games, I think, man, you should probably pick up around seven points, right? Which, in my like opinion, should, yeah. should be enough for it. But then you look at Liverpool's lineup. You look at Liverpool coming into form. Their attackers are all fit and firing on all cylinders. Their defensive line seems to be a bit more tacked. Trent Alexander-Arnold is looking like the best midfielder in the season over the last set of games, and he wasn't even a midfielder for the beginning of the season. I know Sean would be super excited to be talking about Trent for a while, so I'll let him talk about that. 
when I'm not here on the podcast, but he's been superb. So uh, I'm looking at the, the current streak that Liverpool is in with a with a 3-2 win over Forest, a 2-1 win over West Ham, a 4-3 win over Tottenham, a 1-0 over Fulham, and a 1-0 over Brightford, with their next three games being against Leicester, who they're going to absolutely clean the entire floor with. They're going to beat Austin Villa, who's finally, I think, coming back down to earth. They found their stride. They're safe from relegation. It's a really a nothing game for Villa anymore, but everything to gain for Liverpool. They win that game. And then Southampton, who's in the fight for their life, yeah, it's going to be a tough game because Liverpool is away at Southampton. But at that point, Southampton might already be done. So it might not be worth anything for Southampton. So I think I think Liverpool walks away with nine points out of possible nine points in the next three games. And that, by math, would make them in fourth place by the end ah, of the season. math. Good so, old math. That is something you can always rely on. When one number plus one number equals another number, yes, it's, it's normally pretty true. So I think I think Liverpool um, do squeak into the top four. I think it goes Manchester City, Arsenal, Newcastle, and then Liverpool. And I think Man U pops right there in fifth. But you know, it might still be enough to get them in the Champions League, right? If Man City wins the Champions League, I mean, this whole the- financial fair play thing too, man. Anything can happen at this point. Yeah, so I know we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more too. I know you're you've been concerned about that for for yes, I have. a couple of weeks. You know, I've just so. been bottling it and repressing it. You know, and just you know, I'm sure it's healthy. But the thing I want to say is that I think Manchester United is one of the luckiest teams in the Premiership right now, having their fall of center backs and their fall out of form come with three games left. Yeah, you know, if there true. was six games left right now, I wouldn't even have confidence they're making Europa League but there's only three so I think they can just I mean take the old Jose Mourinho strategy park the bus don't lose that's all you got to do you're you are the better team in these last four games yeah just that's true yeah you You only need one you only need one goal man start 10 guys leave Maguire on the bench you know do what you got to (laughs) do and win this game yeah no I'm with you on that I think that's a great great point that if they had more games left there would be a lot more to lose and i think it would be more prominent that that probably would happen but with that being said we looked ahead of a couple games there for man U and for liverpool we're going to wrap up this week with the look ahead and my my lock of the week we are going to have a segment when we're all back together called our season you know the team of the season for us team of the year for us so we'll all kind of talk about that and I'm going to leave you guys, you and Sean, with something to talk to through, through the rest of the week with the with the look ahead. So we'll really be touching about just the Champions League. Did you want to touch on it, as you call it, Onslaught Monday? Onslaught Monday, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. So t- we're recording today, and, and we haven't had a Monday this season with three games in it. But today we had three games, and it was an absolute deluge of goals. I mean, it was absolute insanity, starting off with, I think in the first game of the of the day was Fulham versus Leicester, and Fulham won five to three. I mean, it was insane. It was absolutely bonkers. And you know, just to have Fulham, who have not scored more than I think three goals in the entire season in one game, score five, and Leicester, who I have a soft spot for because they have had good years, who having a bad year, but to put up to let up five against, but then to score three themselves, that's a crazy game. Eight goals in that game. I don't think there's a single person on this planet that would have had an over under of max maybe four and a half goals for that i think lester's obviously struggling but um you know it was a crazy game and then the next game brighton versus everton 
I definitely would have put a little put one of the show ponies on Brighton to to wipe the floor with Everton, especially being no home at the Amex. No doubt. And they lost to Everton five one. I was Snapchatting my one buddy Blake, who who is the graphic designer for our our wonderful brand here and a massive Toffee fan. I, I saw him uh, in Maryland. We went to the the preseason Everton. Um, Arsenal game in, in Baltimore, which was which was really exciting, which was really fun. But to to put in five against Brighton, who have been on absolute fire this season, and to do it when they were away, Everton that is very impressive. If they can keep that form up, Everton as they as they always do will find a way to stay up. So very exciting there. It's a six goal game. Okay, so we have an eight goal game, a six goal game, and then we have. Another six-goal game, and that was the last one of the day, which was an absolute relegation battle, and that's Nottingham Forest for Southampton 2 at the City Ground, which is Forest home field, which is a very difficult uh, field to play against. Arsenal still has to play them there. I think the second-last game, so it will be a bit difficult, especially with Forest fighting for their lives. You know, this is this did a lot of damage to, yeah, what I said, I'm sorry, 4-3. Southampton had a, what, a 90th-minute goal i think it was a penalty kick by james ward prowse so i mean in, incredible that's an, a seven goal a seven goal game we have an eight goal an eight goal game today a seven goal game today and a six goal game today so anyone who thinks that soccer is a boring sport if you had any day to watch it would have been today and, and a comedian i was listening to a comedian the other day and he brought up the fact that soccer might be a boring sport but he goes what about american football do you know that a game that is actually 14 to 7 is really 2 to 1? They're just magic points. Every point that is between 7 and 14 is just magic point. They just make up a touchdown, 6 points. Yeah. Cool. If, if, if we were playing by those rules, a goal could be 12 points. And, oh, my God, this game, these games would be outrageous. But um, you know, yeah, anyone who definitely... calls football boring to watch is a comedian. He's just an yeah, idiot. that's true, too. That's true, too. Especially here at the EPL State of Mind, we, yeah. we adore everything. Premier League and soccer. Yeah, but we touched upon uh, math earlier, and the math that today comes down to that if you sat your ass on your couch and watched five hours straight of football, <laughs> you'd have seen a goal every 13 minutes. That's, That's wild. Crazy. Five hours That's of it. Absolutely bonkers. I mean, today, Monday, May 8th, 2023, is the most goals ever scored on a single day with a maximum of three Premier League matches in history of the EPL. Love so, that. really crazy. But like I said before, after the onslaught, there's always a lull. So I'm sure we'll see something a little bit lower scoring, possibly tomorrow. We're going to get into a look ahead right after this. say Kyle this is I I don't know this feeling but this has got to be one of the most exciting parts of the season for you you're in the title race you're also in the championship cup race and you have a very very strong possibility of winning the whole thing I mean you guys are favored right now I think at like minus 155 for the Champions League you're also favored to win the Premier League I've never been in this position before tomorrow's a huge game for you where's your mentality at so um, you know, we've been in this position before and in years past, I've gone ahead, I've gotten a tattoo on my shoulder. I've lost a shitload of money betting. <laughs> so we're not going to do that again. 
we're actually just gonna wait <laughs> and watch carefully you know of yeah. the champions league game that tomorrow is going to be massive you know it's the two in my opinion most informed strikers in the world with holland and benzema going head to head because what benzema is doing over there in spain is crazy he is scoring i mean i get updates on my phone whenever real madrid plays because i like watching them and i feel like every time they play i get updates for benzema going off so we're gonna have to watch out for him we're gonna have to watch out for venetius he might be one of the most informed players in the world right now period absolutely mm-hmm. um we're missing nathan ake fortunately for manchester yeah we are he he limped off this weekend he's not going to be playing but fortunately for manchester city their bench depth is through the roof so i'm sure pep will come out in in all of soccer yeah i agree so what this does is it makes it physically impossible to predict what pep guardiola will put out on the field you can't guess the lineup you can't guess the formation it's going to be him in his locker room moving those little pegs on his whiteboard doing crazy stuff and coming up with some formation that will beat Ancelotti's Real Madrid, which is a tall task, even for a team like Real, you know, Manchester City in form right now. That being said, I do think this shouldn't be too difficult of a win for us. I, you know, if there is a team in the world that would stop the train that is Manchester City right now, it would be Real Madrid. Or, you know, I would have said Arsenal, if not two weeks ago, but if not them, it's going to be Real Madrid. So we got to play this game as though we're playing the next best team in the world, which we are. I mean, you have one loss in 24 games, all competitions yeah. in the last 24 games, which is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah, I think and, Trent Alexander-Arnold. You go ahead. Sorry about that. No, you're good. I mean, I was just going to say, and tomorrow, like you said, Real Madrid could do it for you, but you guys have split. You're, you have four wins, four losses against them, and two draws. The last time you faced them uh, at the, the Bernabeu, it, oh, was no. a three, it was a 3-1 win for Real Madrid, which knocked you guys out. But you also didn't have Holland. You still had the central core that you have right now. I mean, We also let up are, two goals in stoppage time. Yeah, I know. That's just, the, that's just the magic of the Champions League. But it is what it is. What, what a, what's your final take on the game tomorrow? If you had to give me a scoreline, what do you think? Scoreline? It's, it's tough. It's Tuesday. <sighs> 3-1. I, I don't – I just – I can't see Manchester City not scoring three goals in the form that they're in with all their weapons. You know, I mean, they scored two this weekend, but Holland opted not to take a penalty out of kindness, and they missed the penalty. So, you know, in Champions League, Holland steps up and he buries that. So, and you know, it, to me, it comes down to Trent Alexander-Arnold in an interview this week said that if Manchester City sniffs the title come Christmas, they're going to get the title. Their play in the second half of the season after the winter break is immaculate. Every season, and all they got to do, like even they were, what, eight points back to Arsenal? They smelled it. They could see it coming, and now they're overtaken. You know, it's just a different workhorse comes spring, which is when Champions League finals are. So I have have hope for the (sighs) – I don't even know if I have hope, man. (laughs) (laughs) I just want them to win it. <laughs> and finally wear sleeveless shirts, you know, <laughs> like, stuff like that. <laughs> Show off your tattoo. I yeah. know. I, at, at this point, I want you guys to win it. Um, I don't think Arsenal has has enough games left for Man City to to drop points in the in the title race. So at this point, I'm hoping for a treble for you guys. I hope you guys win the FA Cup. I hope you guys win the Champions League. And and if that only is if you guys win the league. Other than that, I don't care if you win anything else. Let's see if you win the league, then go for that FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, our remaining games are Everton, which should be a 
walk in the park, although it is at Goodison Park, and there is no such thing as a walk at Goodison Park. That place and is They hard. just won 5-1 away, yeah. so maybe that keeps it rolling. And then we have Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford. So, you know, all three of those teams can beat any team in the Premier League, in my opinion. So we'll see. It takes one game. It takes one injury. It takes one it mishap. It does. But on the other half of the Champions League, we have the Milan Derby. So we have Inter Milan versus AC Milan, first time in Champions League history. Uh, so far, the two teams have split their their ties with the with this season's fixtures. So the most recent game being a one nothing win in early February for Inter. So they haven't seen each other in a while. Uh, this is one of the most like, exciting and interesting happenings in the Champions League because it has never happened in a Milan derby. And it, we're going to see two games played at the same location within a week of each other. So it's going to be really exciting to see that or two weeks of each other. I forget what the what the spread is for the Champions League, but I'll tell you right now. That's wild, game, man. They've never met yeah. in the Champions League semifinals before? Yeah, six, six days apart. Yeah, so it's it's... First, technically, Milan is home on Wednesday. And then on Tuesday, the following week, Inter is technically home. But obviously, it will be something crazy. And to be honest with you, it, it might feel a lot like, you know, to scale. But uh, I know Sean's a big Rangers fan. I'm a big Devils fan. I just recently went to the Rangers-Devils. And obviously, that's in New Jersey, New York. So you, you're almost having a 50-50 split here in New Jersey for Rangers fans to Devils fans. So I, I, it will be really interesting to see the fan split of what they do at um, Milan for the, for these games. Obviously, if it's it's Inter Milan, they sell tickets specifically for the home crowd and season crowd. So I don't think you'll obviously get nearly close to that kind of split uh, that you would see at a, at a more like a London game or like I was saying before, Devils Rangers here in the States. But definitely an exciting Champions League semifinals. So we are guaranteed to have a Serie A team in the final. It's really up to Manchester City to, to show and represent the EPL. So hopefully they can do so. Other than that, I have a lock of the week. Um, we did beat them this week, uh, but I'm going to pick Newcastle over Leeds. They are away at Leeds. So I don't think that will really do anything for a Newcastle that, that is really starting to fire on all cylinders with a slight hiccup here and there. But their forwards are really going strong. Um, their defense, as always, is solid. But to be honest with you, the only thing that that really matters to me is that Newcastle's ranked third away from home this season, and Leeds haven't kept a clean sheet in 12 matches, and they haven't won a match in six. So I think with all that, the odds right now for Newcastle are actually not terrible either. They're minus 155 on uh, on DraftKings. So I'm sorry, they're minus 150. So I think that's probably my lock of the week. Get you some money in there. You know, I think that's that's where we're where we're signing off on this one for sure. So, yeah. And, you know, just touching upon what you were saying about away tickets for his home tickets for the Champions League. I just looked it up real quick. The away team gets five percent of the seats allocated for them. So they were talking with an average seating capacity of 60,000 in a stadium. There's 3000 seats for the away team. So that will be very interesting for Inter versus AC. When you're you're gonna have those guys that are just coming to the oh, stadium you're have them and they just in. ripping off their just one jersey their and then under that shirt the real jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that should Absolutely. realistically be like a 45-55 split for that for both games in it in Milan. Yeah, right? yeah. Like just sneak sure. in. If if yeah, if you're in Italy during this these next two weeks, I would stay away from Milan when you can. But 
definitely definitely don't stay away from from Kyle and Sean's rendition of the cast during this week while I'm away. I'll be in Key West. You will be missed, Southern sir. Sun. Have some Thank fun you. out there. But I'm excited to listen to you guys, see where you take it, and, and, and look forward to your look ahead and your your takes on what happened this week for the games and whatnot and a little insight. So with that, I think we bid everyone adieu. Enjoy the remainder of your week until you hear Kyle and Sean's magical voices again. I'll catch up with everyone the following week, hopefully with another win under the Arsenal belt and a loss in Man City's belt. But we'll go from there, and and we'll have an exciting week of Champions League football. So this is what we always look forward to. But I look forward to hearing from everyone again and getting everyone's feedback. And as always, we appreciate the listen, appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys at the EPL State of Mind. So thank you. And, until and we next appreciate time. you, James. Great, great job. Oh, as Kyle, always. please. Thank you, thank you. Likewise, I had fun today oh, with you. What a blast. You know, a little, little mano a mano. So look forward, forward to these to every the week. One. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So with that, thank you, everybody. And enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs>